Um, and we saw many, many uh, travelers stranded um, as uh, we saw the uh, uh, planes of uh, Com Air grounded uh, British Airways. They operate British Airways in Gulula. Uh, and uh, this on the back, I guess, of concerns raised um, by uh, the uh, Civil Aviation Authority. And uh, I'm joined on the line to uh, tell us a bit more about uh, the concerns, I guess, they had about safety and other issues uh, by the uh, spokesperson of the South African Civil Aviation Authority, uh, Pindiwe Kwebus. Pindiwe, good evening and welcome. Uh, thank you, Ayanga. So, let's maybe start off here. I mean, I think many of us, um, even before we saw the scenes we saw on the television mm-hmm. on the weekend, um, would have seen on social media a lot of people expressing concern uh, mm-hmm. with uh, some of the operations that are uh, operated by Comair. It might have been British Airways, it might have been Kulula, uh, but about mm-hmm. the normal things we complain about, right? Planes are late, all of that type of thing. But it does seem over the last few weeks or so that the concerns have become a lot more... I guess, concerning, if indeed I can say that, um, from a safety perspective now, not only just from the inconvenience of being late. What happened, Mm -hmm. and maybe take us through the sequence of events that got you to the decision that you've made over the last few days or so to indefinitely ground Kome? Um, I think uh, many people would be aware that, uh, I mean, it was playing itself out on social media a lot uh, in terms of the incidences that were taking place with either Kula.com or British Airways flights. I mean, there was a flight uh, coming out of Lanseria going to Cape Town, uh, which had a, an engine failure, and that flight had to land at Oaktambo. There was another one coming out of Lanseria again, um, just a few weeks later, uh, going to Cape Town again, which also experienced an engine malfunction. And there's another flight from East London where the, gear, uh, the landing gear uh, uh, um, didn't retract. And and it, it it is you know it, it that's that's too many incidences um, happening too close to each other. Mm. One person may ask, I mean, is it not normal that there would be an incident? Yes, it's normal for for aircraft to have incidences. It's very normal. However, what normally happens is uh, when those incidences happen, normally um, the airlines would then take uh, precautions in terms of making sure that they analyze the root cause of, mm. of, that, of that particular occurrence and make sure that they avoid similar things yeah. happening in the future. What we were not sure of this time around was whether uh, ComAir was doing uh, what they need to do mm. from the a safety perspective. And that's the reason yeah. then we went in and we just wanted to, to, to give assurance to the public as well to say that, no, we looked at, at, at the business and we are comfortable that they are ne- taking the necessary steps to ensure the mm. safety of, of the passengers and crew. So that's why we went in on last week on Monday. We went in and the inspection finished at on the 10th. I think it was a Thursday. Um, and on Friday, we called them in. because We had um, raised about three level one findings. Level mm. one findings are those findings that are of a serious nature and they pose a high risk in terms of safety mm. to passengers and property. So in that particular case, our own um, audit philosophy says that if it's a level one, then we must suspend um, the, mm. the, the approval of that particular operator because what it means is that we cannot ensure that an incident or of an even serious nature will take place in the next day or so. So from that point of view, until we get assurance um, that everything is going according to, 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 to the manuals that are approved by the CAA, then we are comfortable that mm. they can operate. 
So in this particular case, on, on Friday, we gave it back to, to, to the airline and we allowed them then to basically question us in terms of um, understanding the findings themselves. And um, and on Saturday morning, we issued them with a, a precautionary suspension. Why we issue a precautionary suspension for 24 hours is just to give, you know, it's, it's, it's trying to be fair with the operators and giving them an opportunity to say, this is serious, so we cannot... Mm allow you to operate when we do not have assurance that you're doing the right thing. So give us the evidence that we need within this 24 hours. Because if you fail to do that, we then have no choice but to mm. basically extend the suspension. Yeah. And that is exactly what has happened. So over the weekend, though, they submitted evidence, we assessed it, we closed one finding. Mm. And we still left with two findings. And that is what we are now in the process of trying to close. Yeah. So, Spindi, I mean, when you talk about landing gears um, or yes. any other hardware-related issue, one yes. might think that that, I guess, is linked in some shape or form to maintenance. Um, mm. uh, I'm quite interested then, I mean, who, who does the maintenance for Comair's fleet um, of Gulula and British Airways? Uh, the the, the uh, aircraft maintenance organizations that that maintain the fleet of, of Comair is Lufthansa okay. as well as um, SA Technica. Okay. Uh, those are the two, yes. And the question that you're going to ask me, did you look into them? <laughs> well, I would and have I thought that, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, it, indeed, I guess the issue, yes, might be in terms of controls at the level of Comair and its operations mm. in British Airways and Gulula. But if it's a hardware-related issue, as uh, you're yes. seeming to suggest it is, um, then we yes. might also not only want to look at the maintenance folk, but also, I guess, some of the OEMs who've leased some of this. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if it's Boeing or Airbus or whoever. Yeah. Um, in, in this particular case, the team is actually going to look at, uh, at, at the AMOs. But this is also standard practice with us in the sense that we have to go and do an annual audit mm. um, to, to, to renew you know, the, the, the license of all of these um, service providers in the aviation space. And AMOs, we do exactly the same thing. We go there once a year. And as I'm talking to you now, um, they are also being looked at, uh, but mostly from a point of view of their own renewal processes. But obviously what happens is that, let me just give you an idea what normally would happen on the day-to-day okay. uh, operations of Let's do this, let's do this. So let's go, okay. yes, let's go to the ads and then when we come back, you can give us that explanation, I guess, of how, how all of this unfolds. Okay, all, all right. right. No the headlines, the headlines on Metro FM Talk. To those that like white but love rosé, to the ones that say, let it breathe, and the ones who say, I'm sure it's fine. To the ones who keep it extra and those who keep it extra light. To the dance floor divas and the chilling overachievers. Whether you have the usual or whatever's open, you're welcome. At Drostihoff, we create expertly blended wines that say you're welcome, whoever you are. Drostihoff, expertly blended wines. And to all of you, stay alive, never drink and drive. Not for persons under the age of 18. Can you hear that? The Engine Wimpy Eat Win Ride competition is here and you could win a brand new Polo Vivo. Remember, you gotta eat before you can win and win before you can ride. Enter the competition today and stand a chance of winning one of four Polo Vivos by spending a hundred rand or more at any Engine Wimpy. Valid until end May. T's and C's apply. Engine Wimpy. Love the journey. Send your voice notes to Metro FM Talk. 079 
Yeah, eight minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's our headline segment here on Metro FM Talk. And uh, tonight we take a look at the grounding of Comair's operations. And uh, yeah, they operate Kulula and British Airways here in South Africa. And the uh, suspension indefinite there uh, on the back of uh, safety concerns uh, that have gone unremedied uh, by the airline and uh, concerns raised by the South African uh, Civil Aviation Authority. And joined on the line by the spokesperson of the South African Civil Aviation Authority, uh, Suspindiwe Kwebu. Suspindiwe? Before we went to the break, I guess you wanted to maybe bring us a bit closer uh, to how all of these investigations, inspections, and I guess your day-to-day work unfold. Yes. Uh, on a day-to-day basis, um, what we ex- the civil aviation regulations actually dictate that before um, the pilot takes off, uh, an engineer has to look at that aircraft to make mm. sure that it's, it is airworthy. And when the pilot lands on the other side, on the destination, there also has to be someone there that checks whether everything goes well. Mm. What happens is that in the duration of the flight, if anything has been, any snack, it doesn't matter how small it is. It could be a light that wasn't working or a seatbelt that's not working. Mm. Anything that's not working in the aircraft, they write it down in a logbook. And when they get to, to the destination, the engineers on the other side will take the, 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 snack, the, the snack list mm. and they will dissolve those. And in, in other cases, um, it would even uh, uh, require, for, especially for the smaller airlines, it will even require that someone flies from their base uh, to, to, to where the aircraft has got problems, wherever they are. Mm. That's how we normally ensure safety for, for our passengers on an ongoing basis. What CAA does is that when you go in for that annual renewal, we then look at how they handle those snacks, mm. whether they are closed sufficiently or not. And this is what gives us assurance that the systems are working. But if you start to then experience um, a number of, of, of occurrences, like in the case of, of, of ComA, we also have to ascertain whether each of those incidences are really separate. They are not, they are not necessarily uh, having or suffering from the same symptoms. Uh, we cannot make that a determination until we actually look at each and every one of them, establish the root cause, and make sure that um, we prevent a recurrence. And if they are unrelated, then they also that would also be documented quite clearly. And so that when CAA comes in like mm. it did now, um, it becomes clear that, no, the airline is actually managing their risk yeah. properly and they are following their safety management manual yeah. properly. What, what state did you find those logbooks or those risk registers and those controls in uh, at Comair? There, there, I don't think there was anything wrong with the logbooks themselves. What was actually where we found problems uh, from our side was on on the um, um, how they are actually mitigating against the, the risk, mm. like whether they do um, a root cause analysis after each incident so that they can make sure it doesn't recur. Um, there are instances, there are two instances, for instance, where um, uh, they experienced the engine failure and they just changed the engine. Civil aviation regulations say that if you, if the aircraft suffers damages in a comp, in a class one component, a class one of component is something very serious in the aircraft, like an engine, um, then they they must report that to the CAA before they take off again. So then, when they replace the engine, that's well and good uh, because the engineers would have determined that the engine needs replacement. But before they take off, they need to call the CAA to come in. And in this particular case, in one of these instances, they didn't. They just changed the engine and they continued. And um, so that is a contravention of the civil aviation regulations, which for which uh, actually we did penalize them because we grounded the, 
the two aircraft that that uh, where they did something similar. Mm, mm. And I guess I mean you would have seen the implication of it. Um, you know, many people having their tickets unfulfilled, stranded at mm-hmm. the airport. Um, and often when this happens, I mean, you know, who shoulders the cost? Is, is it the airline themselves that has to shoulder it? Is there a fund or a pot of money for instances like this? How does that work? Uh, you know, actually, Ayabonga, we don't get, as a CAA, we don't get involved in the financial aspect mm. of the business. The only time we become uh, uh, concerned about finances is that what we've noticed over the years is that once an airline starts struggling financially, sure. they start to cut corners, you know, yes. especially on things that relate to safety, like yes. your maintenance and so on. But in terms of what happens in their ticketing side mm. and, and all of that, that is not a, a part that we are regulating. Yeah. As we are specifically looking at safety and security. So I really don't have all of the information sure. in terms of how they would handle that. But what I do know is that... Um, uh, normally, they would they would uh, either refund uh, their passengers mm. or they would book them in into a different flight. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, airline sure. that is operating at the time. Yeah, and I think you make a very important point. I mean, even if your your the scope or the ambit of your work is just only on safety and security, but that mm-hmm. is safety and security or um, or compliance with protocols that ensure that all of us can safely fly. Um, yeah. You know, always I guess um, I run the risk of you know, having corners cut in instances where money is short. And I think we saw Comair emerging as it did out of a business rescue process. I'm quite yeah. interested, I mean, just at the tail end of that process, whether or not, you know, all of the reviews uh, of their license annually or whenever you would do it periodically. As they came yeah. out of that process, I mean, were you satisfied that, I guess, as they came out of that, they shared the information, one, but also two, yeah. that that satisfied yourselves just for, on the safety and security side? Yes, uh, yes. Otherwise, they would not have been operating. Mm. Uh, like I said, they also went through um, a lot of restructuring um, in the recent past, uh, especially after they came out of the business rescue. So th- those uh, are the things that we also look at when we go in. In fact, even now, this is one of the things that we looked at, whether when they changed management and they cut staff, mm. uh, did they not cut staff at, that are critical to the business? especially from a safety and security perspective. Mm. So those are some of the things that we look at as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess then, I mean, just on the safety and security issue, um, there's also another implication, um, which of course might not necessarily be be within your ambit, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Many people are suggesting that 40% of airline capacity now has been taken out of here, effectively indefinitely. Uh, which might have an implication, one, on the availability of uh, planes. We're heading to a long weekend now. Easter's coming up again. Um, mm-hmm. And and I guess that's going to have a massive impact on the type of prices people are paying. How long mm-hmm. normally does it take to remedy some of the things that you found here to satisfy ourselves that actually all of us can safely fly on Kulula and British Airways? Um, it's difficult to put a timeline on it. We always say as the CAA that it depends on the operator because if you're doing... Uh, what you are supposed to be doing, and um, and you're also able to rectify what you are not doing correctly. Mm. It really depends. It, 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 it's really uh, um, uh, dictated by the operator. Because we've had instances before where after we have uh, suspended approvals, that airlines would go back on air um, just in a matter of two to three days. We've had situations where it lasted even longer. Mm. Uh, but in most of those cases, really, it's when... There's, there's just no, no way, there's no meeting of the minds. 
uh, between the regulator and the airline. But in this case, uh, we are receiving a lot of cooperation from from Comair. In fact, just as much as our inspectors were working throughout the night over this weekend, they also were going through exactly the same thing. So we do see that there's a commitment to actually get back on the air and also simultaneously um, complying with the civil aviation regulations. Mm. So, and, and that is very encouraging uh, because it speaks to, yeah. to, to the LN itself respecting the processes of, of civil aviation regulations. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, I mean, especially, I guess, after instances like this, um, insofar mm. as whether or not, you know, uh, once you guys have given the go-ahead, uh, whether they yeah. they should trust those entities. I mean, just yeah. maybe as a last comment, your green light as a stamp of approval and I guess as a value assurance. Uh, talk to yeah. me about that because um, I guess, you know, as you said earlier, if, if you guys are not satisfied that people are going to be safe, none of these you know, airlines can fly, uh, and uh, mm. I guess, you know, in instances where you do give the approval, I mean, what what effect does that have on us as consumers? I mean, should we satisfy ourselves that we're kind of safe and uh, should book with those who have been approved? I think the main purpose of what we're doing is to really restore that that confidence that um, passengers have on on aviation. Aviation is one of the safest modes of transport, mm. and and that's a proven. We've got a proven record for the especially in South Africa, uh, because we haven't had a fatal airline accident in South Africa, on South African soil in the, for, for more than 30 years. Mm. Um, and that speaks to, to the assurance that we seek to give. Yeah. And as much as this is an irritation, but it's also really playing a very important part of making sure mm. that, you know, when you go back and, and, and go and fly in a British Airways aircraft mm. as well as a Kula aircraft, you want that assurance that, okay, sure. they've looked at the CAA have looked at, at, at these operations. And if they have reissued that certificate, it means that they have got a level of assurance that mm. um, it, it is safe. I mean, accidents happen. It's something that I, I, do, I doubt that many airline accidents that have happened in the world, they, were, they actually happened on purpose. Mm. I, can, I can guarantee you that there's no airline that would want to fly and, um, and kill people. So yeah. accidents happen, but there's a lot um, that is invested in civil aviation uh, processes to make sure that we give assurance um, to the users of, of, of civil aviation uh, mm. services that it is safe to operate to, to, to actually um, use those services. Suspindiwa, we're going to have to leave it there. A pleasure catching up with you. Thank you very much for taking time out to speak to us this evening, of course. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ayabonga, for having me. Pindiwekwebu speaks on behalf of the South African Civil Aviation Authority. Yeah, what do you make of that? You know, I can't uh, there's suspicion around whether or not all the bolts are in place on a plane. I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to think about it. Um, and I guess it makes one wonder also. How much trust we place in institutions like that when we know here in South Africa, um, you know, I mean, I think we we can only assume and hope that Akuko uh, and Doingati they are out of kilter when it comes to uh, entities and regulators like the South African Civil Aviation Authority. Because imagine if Umdabekwazi upadala indo panzguetafili to be able to to like get a grounding lifted like that. You? Uh-uh. And I guess, I mean, it's not far-fetched. 
we've seen in many parts of our governance system and regulatory framework. Um, we've seen the corporate capture of that. We've seen people with very deep pockets, deep balance sheets, capturing those processes in order to be able to continue operations when ideally they should not. And I just, it's too ghastly to contemplate uh, a scenario where that would play itself out in the world of aviation. I mean, think about what has happened uh, in a place like SAA Technical, which is why I asked that question, who maintains uh, some of this, um, you know, fleet? I mean, all Lufthansa Abba. Um, I mean, some of the things we heard out of the Zondo Commission, out of SAA Technical. You? And imagine, I mean, that's a player that effectively is not only providing maintenance for SAA, but many other airlines uh, that provide services uh, here in South Africa. Uh, and I think, I mean, the, the stakes are so high to have that kind of erosion of capacity, erosion of integrity, and even, I guess, uh, erosion of um, just day-to-day ability to conduct your operations.